Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Mustap here for the Fightful.com podcast. Technically, October 14th edition. We are recording this the night of October 13th. Normally in the Friday slot would be Vince Russo. His show aired on Wednesday. I'm here with Showdown Joe, and I have an echo. But we're going to battle through it, Joe. What is it with me and technical difficulties, whether it's audio, video, physical, <laughs> mental, psychological? I am the king of technical difficulties. That should be my new nickname, Sean. I apologize. I'm going to test some things out. Can you hear me? I can hear you. We're working on the fly here. Either way, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. I feel like I have spoken about Ronda Rousey like to death this week. I talked, I talked about it to Vince Russo, to Matt Riddle, and I'm going to talk about it to you because you are our MMA insider. Ronda Rousey's back. Yep. Your thoughts? Well, as, as a matter of just, it wasn't. I guess it was when. You know, it's about time. I mean, we've always wanted to see her back. She had to battle those demons. And I talked at length about the fact that, you know, when you lose top of the world and get, you know, KO'd the way she did uh, at the hands of Holly Holm, I mean, it, some people can handle it, just want to come right back and jump back on the horse, and some take it the wrong way. I mean, I've heard some of her camp come out and do various interviews and say otherwise, but, you know, she took it hard. She's, she's back. She understands that, hey, you know what? Life happens, and you get back on the horse, and uh, you go. So now that she's come back, she's going to fight for the title. Uh, you can make the argument that that shouldn't have happened. You can make the argument that it's the right thing to happen. Um, it, everyone's got their own opinion, but I'm definitely glad to see her come back. It'd been great to see her on the New York card, but it'll happen at the end of the year. So be it. There's so much to just talk about in this situation. First off, she's facing Amanda Nunes. Do you have a problem with her getting a title shot? after missing a year and coming off of a loss? Um, I, I think problem would be a pretty strong word. I mean, I, I, you can make the claim that, no, she doesn't deserve it because we've seen other girls come in there and do what they have to do. I mean, you know, Holly loses it to Misha. Misha loses it to uh, to Amanda. And, you know, that belt's been revolving. And then you can make, in the UFC can make the argument, look, ever since that Ronda Rousey became the champion, she was the first ever champ. She's been the only one that's been able to defend it. 
Uh, and, you know, but she did lose it. But I, I would love to have seen her have a, a tune-up fight. But the reality is, who was that tune-up fight going to be? Was it going to be Holly? Was it going to be Misha? Was it going to be Jessica I? You know, people want to see Ronda Rousey. And if Ronda Rousey thinks and her camp believes that they could take out Amanda Nunes and get that belt back, it'd be much easier for the UFC to set up those title fights again, whether it's with Holly Holm, whether it's a rematch with Amanda, whether it's a third fight with Misha Tate. Um, or are we at three fights or four fights with them now? We're at, we're at two with them, right? Who, Rousey and Tate? Yeah. Yeah, two fights. Yeah, I'm starting to lose count. These girls only been twice. But, yeah, I mean, you can make the argument that she could fight whomever, but... Again, it's, it's you know, I, I'm sure we're going to talk about Jose Aldo shortly. This is a fight. This is a business, right? It's more than just a sport. It's a business. The UFC runs a business. And Ronda Rousey in the main event fighting for the title is bigger business, in my opinion, than putting her in a tune-up fight that she, what if she loses that fight? Then who knows when she's going to be the champion again, right? So I get what they're doing. I'll put it like this. I asked Vince Russo, who's a very casual, casual MMA fan. He knows what he needs to know. And I said, Vince, would you be interested in ordering a Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunez pay-per-view? And he said, I have no clue who the hell either one of those people are. But he knows who Ronda Rousey is, and he's going to be watching on December 30th. Cha-ching. You know, we have have sound effects for that on the show now. (laughs) Do we? Where is it? Where is it? I don't have it right now. I'm getting it. Either way, so... I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this for a number of reasons. Jose Aldo, she was a dominant champion for one. She was a uh, a box office draw of a champion. So that's that's another big factor. In addition to that, you know, she did defend her championship. I think six or seven times. Like it was it was a number of, a large number of times. Jose Aldo got knocked out in 13 seconds, and he didn't get Conor McGregor, but he did get a championship match. By all means, he's probably going to be the undisputed champion because I don't see Conor McGregor going back to that weight anymore. Pedro Hizzo got three title shots in the course of a year and a half and lost them all. Uh, Let's see, who else? Chris Weidman was scheduled for an immediate rematch. Anderson Silva got one. He was dominant. There have been a lot of cases where people got immediate rematches, and I think this is a, cer- a special circumstance. She, it's arguable that she is the biggest star in UFC history. I think this, I think this is okay to let this one slide. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally have no issues with it, and, and every division, every champion, every fighter is is different, and. You know, if, you, if you're not looking at it through the money glasses, you, you may not understand it. And sometimes in, in our mixed martial arts bubble, we try and treat this as a sport. Uh, when on the outside looking in, and Vince Russo is the perfect example, who are you going to sell this to? We are going to watch it no matter what. Us people are in the, that are in the MMA bubble are going to watch this no matter what because we can't miss any fights. We absolutely love it. So fine, they've got our money. Now, what percentage of our money counts towards the pay-per-view pie for the Ultimate Fighting Championship? What really counts is that mainstream viewer. That's where the big money is. It's the big money out there. It's the person that barely watches the UFC but will tune in because they've seen Ronda Rousey and knows the name, uh, seen her on, on late night television, breakfast television, and all these different morning shows and is all over the place on whether it's ESPN or Fox or Sportsnet or other stations of that nature. So yeah, money is, like you said, Ronda Rousey in a pay-per-view, uh, not Amanda Nunes against anyone else. But Ronda Rousey in a pay-per-view? <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> Here we go. Who gave you the power to use these things? Now, this is not good. Jimmy Van, are you listening? Get him out of there. Did you say Jimmy Van? Yeah. <laughs> now, I mean, if we're talking Sean Ross Sapp. There we go. Now, Juliana Pena is pissed off. She's threatening to go to Combate Americas, which is headed up by former WWE wrestler Alberto Del Rio now, the, the man who got knocked out cold by Mirko Krokop back in the day wearing the mask. Do you, do you think she has a legitimate gripe? Like, I see it. She's won four in a row. She won the Ultimate Fighter, but I don't see a lot of money in that fight. Also, I'm trying to think of the people that she beat. I'm pretty sure the last two people she beat were coming off of losses anyway. If I were her, I'd just fight, win, and get the title shot. That That's the status of her stock right now um, in the UFC. And it's, it's some of these fighters, unfortunately, I, I, I understand their gripes. I understand their pain. I understand and can empathize and sympathize with what they're trying to say and what they're trying to do and how they're getting upset. But the reality is it's, it's brand recognition, it's value, and sometimes not the most deserving fighter gets that big fight. It's the one that's going to generate the most money. And if you can just get it in, in, into your head, uh, and this is not a shot of Juliana or, or anyone else, it's just something that people have to understand. This is a money-driven business, and the decision, generally speaking, will be derived on how much more money can the UFC generate from said pay-per-view or said event. So unless Juliana can some way somehow drastically increase her stock uh, to the point where people are talking, people want to see this fight, um, you know, Sean, you and I can walk down the street, leave our, leave our homes right now and start polling people on the street. Who do they want to see fight for the Bantamweight title? Juliana Pena or Ronda Rousey? Pretty sure, though, that number is going to be heavily skewed on one side. No disrespect to Juliana Pena. If I were her, I would probably try to fight Misha Tate in the interim. That's what I would try to do because she beat Kat Zingano who had been out for over a year. And let's be real. The mental issues in which Kat Zingano has faced over the past couple of years is a battle that, that few people know in this world, uh, especially in combat sports. She beat Jessica. I that's okay. Everybody beats Jessica. I like everybody beats Jessica. I, she beat Jessica Ricosi. Jessica Ricosi's record in MMA, one win in six fights. <laughs> Not exactly stellar. And then uh, Milena Dudavia, who has taken off a year and a half because she had a kid. But after the Juliana Pena fight, she was three and three in her last six. So it's like, just fight another top fight, fight a, another top fighter, fight an active top fighter in the interim. Pena versus Tate. Is Tate scheduled to fight anybody? Not that I'm aware of, no. That's a, that's a hell of a fight. Of course it is, yeah. I'd love to see that fight. That could headline a Fox show. Totally could. Yeah, no, I get it. I understand. And, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's so weird because a lot of them are probably starting to think that, you know what, I need to start making money. I need these big fights. Well, it's not easy getting those big fights. You've either got to continue to win, which is what she's technically doing, um, or f- start moving your way up and fighting bigger names or getting out there and, and you know, creating a buzz. That's just the, it's the bottom line. It's just the way the business runs nowadays, whether people like it or not. You know, we don't make the rules, but that's how it runs. 
How do you think a Ronda Rousey Amanda Nunes fight goes down? That's a really good question because when I, when when I first read that it's going down or that's basically announced, it's you think you know like Amanda's been fighting men, and when she's done fighting, she goes right to American Top Team, you know, and then she gets her ass whooped again, and then shows up in title fights. Uh, but Ronda Rousey, although she's had all this time off, uh, and I will let you speak onto in, in terms of where she will be training and preparing for this fight because. Are you, you know, are you talking about the Armenian elephant in the room? Yes, that that is correct. But again, I mean, it's it's up to her. She can make the decision if she's comfortable where she's at. And again, you know, you, you're starting to see it a lot more now that you know where she's training right now now isn't the right place for most people to train. Um, she's been off for a long time. Can that camp that she's going to put together do enough to fix the holes in the game that were basically shown in that Holly Holm fight? Uh, for Amanda Nunes not to exploit? And that's the real question because Amanda Nunes, you want to compare uh, American top team, uh, Nunes' training camp to where Ronda Rousey is going to be training? There's a big difference there. Speaking of Ronda Rousey and training, do you know that Marina Shafir is having a kid? No way. Interesting. Yeah, with with Roderick Strong of Ring of Honor, pro wrestling guerrilla fame, uh, pro wrestler, yeah, so... There you go. Maybe maybe some future MMA wrestling royalty. Uh, <laughs> congratulations to them for that. Now, the training issue. Did you see the transcript that got released of Edmund Tverdian's cornering of Travis Brown against Fabricio Verdum? After what happened in the cage? No, actually, the mics got right. taken off before that. What happens is... For UFC.TV, all the corners are mic'd. So you can listen in on their audio. So somebody did a transcript of the audio. One of the quotes was, and I quote, what the punches? End quote. What? Yep. What the punches? He said the F word a lot, too. Yeah, he, he tends to do that quite a bit. He does. Before and after fights. Listen, he's a hell of a lot better of a trainer than I could ever be, but there, there's nothing wrong with switching things up a little bit. If Ronda Rousey walked into Team Alpha Male or if she went to Team Elevation or Kings MMA, boy, would that pay off dividends in my opinion. But I don't know if she wants to. I don't know. Maybe she's the type of person, Joe, that doesn't want to realize how much she doesn't know. I, I can buy know. that argument. Yep, I could definitely buy that argument. I mean, despite her being great at what she does, especially in judo and, and what she did in mixed martial arts, I could I could definitely understand if she thinks that, you know what, with Edmund and, and the team there, she's got the bubble. You know, she's protected there. She doesn't have to go through. But I know that there's been peeps that have gone there and trained. Uh, some of the members of the scrap pack have gone there. You know, there's some mutual relationships going back and forth. Mm-hmm. We don't really hear about it too much uh, publicly, but I know that there's been people uh, that she's gone out there. She loves the Diaz brothers. You know, she's training with the Diaz brothers. That's for sure. So there are options for her. Uh, it all depends on her comfort level and what does she want to do? Does she want to be, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that she gets pampered because I know she puts her training in. She trains very, very hard. That That's no ifs, ands, or buts. You can never question Ronda Rousey's training. But I guess it's the type of training that you can probably examine and say, hmm, if you went to this camp uh, and you can make any sort of argument anywhere from, from like you said, from TriStar to, to Jackson Winklejohn to, 
you know, anywhere. You know, I, I, I was more speaking right of now, but. in the L.A. region because I don't feel like she's going to leave there. But really, if she wanted to, she could walk into American Top Team and they would let her train there, too. Obviously, they don't care that much if Will Brooks and Cowboy Oliveira are both still there, which yeah. that saga is yet to be completed. That, that's an interesting one. Give me a, rea- a reality show on that. But I look at things, Joe, and Jake Ellenberger left. He split. Rousey, Shafir, or not Rousey, uh, Baszler, Shafir, Duke, they all left. The one person that's left is Travis Brown. Meanwhile, her mother doesn't seem too keen on that, nor her trainer. It seems like, you know, and they're all trained, all the girls are training with Barnett now. You think that can't help her out a little bit, training with the likes of Barnett and uh, people like that? I'm sure it can. But you never see that. You never see – maybe she is, but you never see anything like that. If she walked into one of those other camps, I think that, oh, man, there's no telling how much it would improve. Now, another person who was upset about the situation was one Chris Cyborg. I had it out with whoever handles her social media, who does it poorly, mind you. (laughs) They're really – whoever is handling her social media is doing her a real disservice because Chris Cyborg is not that dumb. She's a smart woman. She's not that dumb. I put, I would say, about 75% of my disdain for some of the things that Chris Cyborg has said on whoever runs her social media. In 2013, and, and Cyborg and her handler admitted as much to me on Twitter yesterday, Ronda Rousey signed a contract to fight Cyborg. At the Staples Center, Carmouche was not supposed to be in that fight. It was supposed to be Chris Cyborg. The Cyborg account says to me, she agreed to the fight at a weight that I never made. Well, that's not anybody's problem. The, the idea that it's one of these girls' faults that this fight didn't happen is ludicrous to me, Joe. They just they can't come to terms. And that's not unreasonable. Because Ronda Rousey is not at her strongest above 135 pounds. And Chris Cyborg is not at her strongest under 145 pounds. Now, that extra five pounds that they would take to meet each other, we don't know what that would do for either fighter. This is a real unique, weird situation. And Dana White says that Ronda Rousey wants it. We know that Cyborg wants it. It's just a matter of how, when, how does this fight happen, Joe? I think this fight happens if Ronda Rousey wants it. That's just my opinion. Um, well, she signed for it three years ago, three and a half years ago. Cyborg asked for her release. Yeah, it's it's there, there's so many complications and so many different angles to this story here. Um, I've talked about it at length. One forty for me works for both of them. You know, one forty to me works. Put it in the middle there. Let's get her done. And I, I know Dolce, Mike Dolce, said that. If Ronda's going to be doing super fights, it's going to be at 125 pounds. And I said, oh, you talk about oh, ridiculous. Yeah, I was just like, okay, we just squash that rumor. But I, I don't buy it. I mean, if, if we know yeah, Cyborg. Could you imagine Joanna versus, Joanna versus Ronda? Yeah, that's, that's what he, that was the next thing he said. The peak level judo against that peak level striking. Oh, my God. Yeah. But I wouldn't see, I wouldn't want that for Joanna either. I would. Well, yeah, I think I think Joanna could more than handle herself. <laughs> I'd like to see that fight. But I wouldn't want Ronda Rousey to drain herself. I 
I hope it happens at 140. I don't want to see this fight happen at a 145, anything like that. Because a lot of people were like, well, Ronda Rousey used to fight at 145. Well, Joe Riggs used to fight at 255. Doesn't mean he should be fighting there. It's a very unusual, unique situation, and I hate the idea of putting the blame on Cyborg or Ronda Rousey for this fight not happening. What I really don't like is the idea that one of the two are scared of each other because I don't think they're scared of anybody, much less each other. Uh, and I just don't buy into that. I don't think either one of them has any fear for any other person. I think that maybe Ronda was a little damaged by that Holly home fight, but that's going to be an interesting one to watch. Now, if you are the UFC, this is an interesting position. Do you put Cyborg on that December 30th show, or do you completely avoid it? That way you hope that Ronda Rousey – because that could be a distraction to Ronda Rousey. Yeah, it could be. I mean, uh, it definitely could be. I think, um, I think the ultimate person that holds – no pun intended uh, – the ultimate party that, that holds the key to this is the UFC and whether or not this fight can get put together. Because some way, somehow, it can be put together. Um, and I, I – I, It'd probably be uh, if Ronda Rousey said that this is my last fight. You know, do I want to go out victorious or do I want to fight Cyborg? That's the real question. If it's ever going to be Ronda Rousey's last fight, that's when it takes place. Well, yeah, she she has said before that she wouldn't mind fighting Cyborg in her final fight. She said that would be a great culmination. And one of the things I love that Cyborg said was, I don't care if Ronda Rousey loses 200 times. I want to fight her. That's what I want to see. That's what I like. I like people that I know want to fight each other. Like Cyborg just wants to fight Ronda Rousey, and I think that's awesome. Well, can you imagine if that fight did take place in the Staples Center? Would there be a Ronda Rousey right now? What is it now? Would there – would, like, Cyborg – Oh, no, I I think Cyborg would have – well, it depends. Uh like I've always said, if Cyborg fights like she did against Leslie Smith, no. Ronda Rousey would not be a big star now. But if she fought like in, like she did against Lena Landsberg and she's in the clinch for that amount of time, I wonder because I, I believe Ronda Rousey can take down any woman short of maybe Gabby Garcia. And I don't know. We saw Gabby Garcia almost get knocked out by a pro wrestler. So who knows? But Ronda Rousey, their, their styles – both play to each other's strengths and weaknesses. Based, It's all based on how a cyborg fights, in my opinion. Because I don't know that Ronda Rousey can close that distance to get into a clinch on her own. I really don't know that she could have, what, what was that, three and a half years ago now? Because if I don't think that she has the striking aptitude now, I really wonder if she had the striking when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply aptitude in february of 2013 i doubt it yeah and that that that's the it. point that i was making i mean she she went into that holly home fight saying you know i'm going to show you how good my striking is you didn't hear holly Holmes saying i'm going to show you how good my judo is no i'm going to show you how to stay yeah. away from her and punch her out that that's exactly what she did so uh, obviously rana's game plan was incorrect heading into that fight and hindsight is 2020 but you know where i'm going with this 
Let's see if you know where I'm going with this. The UFC has an opening for a new bald UFC vice president of public relations. <laughs> Mr. Schaller's going uh, to Philadelphia, I understand. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Now, Why don't you throw, you throw your hat in the ring? Uh, I like my life. I like my life. I like I enjoyed here. And, and uh, that would be a lot, a lot of traveling, a lot of work. <laughs> Uh, and a lot, a lot of headaches, man. A lot of, I saw what Schaller went through day in and day out for seven years. <laughs> I don't want it. Oh boy. Travel, travel goes a long way, doesn't it? Like in making a decision on something like that. Like when I signed with Fightful, I had a couple of other offers on the table and both of which involved extensive travel. I like being here. Yeah. I like doing this from. 20, 25 feet away from my bed. Yep. No, That's I can. Nice. And, and, you know, you're, you're freshly squeezed married. Uh, I'm already there. I got a little guy and there's nothing better than, you know, it's, 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 when we do the, the one podcast that we did on a Sunday afternoon, my little guy was outside the, 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 the room here with a soccer ball in his hand. He's like, are you, no, it was a football, football and a soccer ball. He's like, <laughs> are you ready? I said, yeah, let's go. And, you know, we played soccer and football in, in, uh, there's two separate living rooms on our main floor. We consider one my wife's and one mine. And mine yeah. has basically got all the UFC stuff and sports-related stuff and his little little net. And, dude, if I'm traveling all the time, this is what I miss. You know, you start missing all the stuff here. So, yeah, the pay is probably fantastic. But, you know, I'm going to miss all this stuff with my son. And, and, and there's no money in the world. Um, you know, I get to travel. Don't get me wrong. I get to do Titan. I get to do uh, Ryzen most likely, hopefully again in December. So the travel is there, but not at that Schaller level and that, and that UC stuff. My goodness, that is insane. Congrats to Dave Schaller. Great dude. Always, always uh, quick to respond. Did, did his job very well, except when it came to breaking up John Jones and Daniel Cormier. <laughs> He'll never, ever put that down. I hope to God that he has seen on the sidelines, like breaking up a fight between Benny the Bull and like the San Antonio Spurs mascot. That would be great. And, or not breaking it up rather. <laughs> Getting tossed around. Getting tossed around. Yeah. Uh, speaking of tossed around, Water Bottle Gate continues. 150000 dollars. There's really Really, only one thing appropriate for that. Yeah, right? Like, I mean, 150K. Uh, I get Connor made a boatload of money, a boatload of money, but 150K for a fighter that brings you boatloads of money and a fighter that's probably thinking, I'm never fighting there again. Now, Connor, you shouldn't have thrown that water bottle. That's no ifs, ands, or buts. You shouldn't have thrown it, but you did. But 150K? Wow. I think that John Jones got fined like forty nine or fifty thousand dollars for fighting in a crowd of people. And Daniel Cormier threw a shoe during that situation. Which was epic, by the way. That that's a Ric Flair move right there. I talked about this to Matt Riddle earlier. Matt Riddle didn't know, you know, the guy in the Austin Powers movie who threw the shoe, right? Yeah. Joe Son? You know Yeah. Yeah. Former UFC fighter who is now in prison for gang rape, and he later murdered his cellmate. Did you know about that? 
I didn't know about the latter. No, I know about the the unfortunate scenario with the gang rape, but I didn't know he murdered someone. Okay. So as I mentioned to Matt Riddle, that makes Keith Hackney an American hero for punching <laughs> him in the balls repeatedly. Oh my, yeah. <laughs> the soothsayer, Keith Hackney, going at it. <laughs> Man. But, uh, you know, a guy throws a shoe. He doesn't get fined $150,000. They fight in the crowd. They don't get fined $150,000. I think Ian Kidd of Bloody Elbow mentioned that charges for like domestic battery and assault or domestic battery and abuse are like 1,000, 1,100 in that state. 150,000. Now that's based on his purse. Yeah. Here's the, and I don't have a problem with that. That's still a lot of money. Conor McGregor's camp came in there and they said, okay, we will do whatever is necessary. We're really sorry about this. And they had recommended $25,000. Well, you know, Pat Lundvall hears that anything. She's like, oh, (laughs) oh, anything. (laughs) One of those. So she gets the dramatic look in her eyes and she goes, where is it? $300,000. She recommends, Joe, $300,000. She was talked off that ledge. But again, here's my issue, Joe. She used her power to finance a, an anti-bullying PSA. Isn't that a little egregious? Uh, tad. Just a tad. I mean, she's, it's just baffling, baffling some of the stuff that, that, we're forced to endure sometimes. It's mainly her too. Like it's, it's usually her throwing out some like, well, let's send her to the firing squad and somebody else on that board's like, hold on now, hard ass. Let's, <laughs> let's calm this down. Let's calm this down a little bit. Uh, she, and she straight up said it. She was like, listen, we have an anti-bullying PSA and we want to do it the right way. Like, <laughs> We need to create like a mock anti-bullying PSA with like some Michael Bay CGI <laughs> waves <laughs> crashing down. I This better be the best damn anti-bullying PSA in the history of anti-bullying PSAs. 75,000 bucks of this 150 grand going towards this. What are you, are you expecting? A hologram? What can we expect from this, Joe? I have no idea. I mean, it's just, it's baffling. It's clearly and utterly baffling sometimes. I, I When I read the stuff, when I see the stuff, I just think, oh my God, what is Sean going to say in the next podcast? Because this is ludicrous, completely and utterly ludicrous. But yeah, it is what it is though. It's just... I hope I hope they make the PSA, they use the money to make it like a Dr. Doolittle situation <laughs> where it's like, Conor McGregor preventing two little children, Conor McGregor's from bullying one another, but they have the full beard and all that stuff. Like that's what I want. He could be onto something there. He could be onto something there. They got to do something. There are high expectations. Oh, here's the real good one, Joe. They suggested that he undergo media training. Like, I mean, I can't wait. You know what I can't wait for? I can't wait until friggin' Brian Boitano comes out there and they, and they ask him to do ice skating training. Or like Carl Lewis shows up and they're like, listen, we're going to need you to go outside and run a few laps. 
Conor McGregor and media training. What what do you say about that, Joe? Like, there, there's certain things that you know a child would say that you'd have to correct the child and be like, look, we don't we don't say those kind of things, or no, that doesn't make sense. No, you know, climbing the the ladder you see in the garage to change the light bulb that's 26 feet up on the roof isn't a good idea for you. You don't do that kind of stuff. Or, you know, open taking off your seatbelt and trying to open your door on the highway and jumping out to see if you can survive. That's not a good idea. There's certain things that come out of people's mouths or ideas that they have that are ludicrous. And to say that Conor McGregor needs media training is just, I'm sorry, is one of the stupidest things that could ever come out of a human being's mouth in 2016. It's just ridiculous. Media training. The guy is a master, a master on a microphone. The guy's, the guy has shirts being made of some of the stuff that he says that I literally want to order and I literally would like to wear in public. I mean, the guy just, he's a master on the microphone, comes up with these one-liners. Yeah, some might be rehearsed, but you know what? The guy's an absolute master and you're saying that he needs media training? Man, you need commissioner training. Beat it. The UFC is going to meet with Jose Aldo next week. He says that he wants to retire because he's, he's not happy with the Conor McGregor situation. Now, Juliana Pena has threatened to leave. Khabib has said he might leave if he doesn't get a title shot next. Meanwhile, the UFC is, well, Dana White, rather, is straight up saying, Conor, or saying GSP doesn't want to fight. GSP doesn't want to fight. That's a little weird to me. What do you make of the way that UFC fighters are so willing to walk away from, or allegedly willing to walk away from the UFC. And the way that Dana White is just not really stepping off the gas and the way that he talks about GSP. We'll start with, with Aldo Pena and Khabib. Uh, with Khabib, I wouldn't be surprised if he walks away. I mean, he just, he's got that attitude. He doesn't care. Uh, Jose could be posturing. Uh, but he's not getting a fight with with McGregor anytime soon, and we won't know until after um, you know UFC 205. To wit, that if even if Connor does win that title versus Eddie Alvarez, he's already said he's not giving up any one of those two titles. So Jose is going to have some problems, no ifs, ands, or buts. And even if he does relinquish the title, if he if Connor relinquishes the 145 pound title, that makes Jose Aldo what the undisputed champ right now. Or does that mean that he has to fight yeah. someone else? It's, I mean, you, you want that rematch with Conor McGregor. That's what he wants. And if he's not going to get it. Now, if Conor loses, does Conor even do anything with Jose Aldo? Or does he call out Nate Diaz and says, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for fight number three. I mean, Jose Aldo's. I don't think, ever going to see Conor. He won't be seeing Conor McGregor anytime soon. So if he thinks he's going to walk away from the sport, he can try. He can. Absolutely. He'll never be able to fight again anywhere else. So if he walks away, yeah, it's on his own volition, but the UFC owns his fighting rights. So if he thinks he's ever going to fight anywhere else, good luck with that. Dana White has said that he doesn't think that GSP wants to fight again. It's got to be a negotiation tactic, right? We've, we've mentioned this before. 100%. 100% no ifs, ands, or buts. The fact that GSP entered the, the um, USADA doping um, or the USADA testing pool, he wants to come back. I think, I mean, like I said, the big issue with GSP is, in my opinion, uh, and this is purely speculation just based on what I know uh, or just based on, on, on facts. I mean, his main, one of his main sponsors is still Under Armour, and the UFC has Reebok. We have a problem. Greg Hardy, former NFL player, 
accused of domestic abuse, said that he wants to move to MMA. He started training. He wants to fight next year. Jay Glazer, who covers both the NFL and uh, UFC, straight up said, dude, find another sport. This is used for self-defense and making a career, not enhancing your, your violent and despicable nature, all that stuff. Now, there are people in the UFC who have been charged with domestic assault. I don't even want to get into things that Cody East has been accused of. Anthony Rumble Johnson has been accused of it. Abel Trujillo. You can go on and on and on. The, the list like seemingly never ends. Brett Rogers had a bunch of trouble back in his day. What do you make of this situation? Greg Hardy, who was in the news. Last month, he was arrested for possession of cocaine. Now he wants to move to MMA. I could see a grassroots promoter jumping all over this. Why not? Right. But who's going to pay him the kind of money that he's going to want? It's going to have to be someone in the upper echelon. Uh, and I don't think the UC would even bother doing that, especially after the CM Punk experiment. Um, then again, you know, Greg is a heavyweight and it's a different division out there. Just on, on his athleticism alone, he could probably cause some problems for some people. But these are skilled athletes at this point uh, in the UFC. So, uh, I, I, I just, I've always found it sort of almost disturbing and insulting when I hear other professional athletes say, yeah, you know what? I'm going to give MMA a try. It's dude, man, this is a legit sport. Like this is not something you just decide tomorrow and say, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to fight in the UFC. And, 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 you know, James, Tony, CM Punk proved it. You know, you can't just do it. You can't just come into the UFC. Um, you know, and, and James, Tony never got an ass whooping really. CM Punk did. He got beat yeah. down, you know, and that was what two years of training a little bit off and on against a guy that's a legit brown belt, but really nobody truly knows, right? Let and, me let me ask you a question as, as we mentioned that. How many times do you think that James Tony would have tapped out in the amount of time that and the the offense that CM Punk underwent? Yeah, that would have been pretty ugly. That's just a I think he could. I think, he could have, I think Gall could have tapped him out five or six times. Yeah, that that's a different world of pain, man. You can. I've seen it happen at gyms everywhere. I've seen it happen at gyms that I used to train out. And it's like the look of confusion. And they're like, what's what's happening here? And then all of a sudden their head's getting jarred back. Hey, I want out. I want out. Well, all right. You can take punches standing up, but you can't on the ground. Well, figure out a way out. So, yeah. So this UFC 205 card, best card of all time? We can make that argument, yeah. I mean, it's just a sick and ridiculous card, up and down. I mean, uh, it, it's weird because we're having we got what we got one month span of no UFC, and this anticipation, yeah. this anticipation is old school of how it used to be, how we would have to wait for pay per views, uh, and the buildup was fantastic. Now there wasn't that much coverage and, and barely any stories. I mean, there was a one tenth or one, I don't know, like one ninetieth of the stories that are out there right now. It was just these are the fights. This is what's happening. What do you think? And blah, blah. And that was it. So this is, this is throwing it back a long time ago, how it used to be uh, prior to the Fox deal, prior to, um, you know, what, what, what was there before? Um, the Best Damn Sports Show. That was on Fox, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, that yeah. was on Fox Sports or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. Before there were these live events on television, it was just pay-per-views, man. We had to wait every four weeks to six weeks for an event. This is, this is going old school, so... Joe, we will bid you adieu, talk a little pro wrestling. We will be back next Wednesday with Showdown Joe. 
tell the people goodbye. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And listen to everyone out there that showed us, uh, you and I, some love yesterday uh, on social media uh, due to a scheduling conflict I could only do tonight. Uh, I want to thank everyone for tuning in tonight, but especially the man, uh, Sean Rossap, for understanding the situation and easily accommodating yours truly. Makes me proud to work for Fightful. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Joe, you will be missed over the next few days. Take care. Ciao, brother. So TNA Wrestling is getting sued hard. I got my hands on some of the documents of one of the lawsuits, not the Billy Corgan one. I've had a very limited amount of time to to really dive into it. The only thing I've really been able to snag so far is that uh, TNA wasn't happy with Ron and Don Harris's production values. I'm, I'm going to read through it tonight. Probably by the time this releases tomorrow, I'll, I'll have some more information on it. Yeah, Billy Corgan, not happy with the way that things are in TNA. I told you all last week that I talked to several talents, and there was a lot of heat on Dixie Carter for acting oblivious in, these, uh, in the talent meeting. She acted like she was surprised that people were worried. I, I don't know what, kids, what, what more can be said. She doesn't need to be running that company. She has put so many people out of jobs, and she's about to put dozens more out of jobs. A couple of the people I talked to, not, not everybody, as is usually the case, it's usually a pretty consensus uh, agreement among backstage talents regarding anything I asked, but not this. But a couple of them went into the last tapings just fully expecting this to be the last time they taped, the last time they worked there. That sucks. I feel bad for those people. But Billy Corgan suing Dixie, her husband, um, TNA, he's not happy. He's not happy. And apparently John Gabork went to WWE trying to get his job back in exchange for making the TNA library deal happen. That's scummy. That's so scummy and selfish and shitty. That's ridiculous. Trying to save your own ass. Meanwhile, you know you're going to put dozens out of a job. Shame on Jai Gabor. And I can't believe that if that were true, if it's true, because I haven't got a confirmation of that yet. If that's true, how can you stand by a guy like that? Absurd. Absurd. Uh, NXT spoiler. If you all want to hear it, go ahead and listen. If you don't, then don't listen. Roderick Strong debuted for WWE on the NXT tapings. As I mentioned, he's having a child with Ronda Rousey's best friend, Marina Shafir. Congratulations to them. Congratulations to him on the WWE gig. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Good for him. Michael Hayes and Bret Hart beef. We got that up on the site. I mentioned earlier, or actually yesterday, once you all see this, some big changes coming to the site. I think you all are going to like them visually. Fightful.com is going to get much easier to use, much more streamlined, much more easy on the eyes, much more fan-friendly. we got all kinds of information up on the site. I have a, a rare day off from the site on Saturday, but the content will still be flowing, you guys. Dozens and dozens and dozens. WWE uh, reportedly doesn't think that Paige needs surgery. Her doctor does. Man, WWE is really grasping at straws with that one. Michael Elgin out of the Power Struggle main event. 
Jay Lethal will replace him. Bad news for Michael Elgin because he really found his footing in in New Japan. And I hate that. I really hate that because he was doing something special over there. Is still. I, I wonder how long he'll be out. I wonder how long he'll be out. Maybe he can get the uh, Undertaker mask that he had in like 95. 95 until January of 96. There we go. That's what's up. Guys, please visit Fightful.com. Share it on Facebook, Facebook groups, Reddit, Twitter, all that good stuff. Register for free. You get early access to shows like with Vince Russo, Matt Riddle. You also get uh, access to Vince Russo's weekly columns, actually bi-weekly columns. I don't know how that works out. Two in one week. There you go. Also, Showdown Joe, he does two for us a week. All kinds of cool stuff. Got a lot of great things coming your way. I've got my exclusive with Muhammad Hassan up on the main page. I interviewed him again. I think you all will love it. Thank you guys so much for the support. Until next time, we are out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.